0: Hey, everybody. We have a new Facebook page, which we will update when new episodes are available. Just search for and like Movies Charles Hasn't Seen on Facebook. If you really enjoy the podcast and want to help us out, please rate and review it on iTunes. Brendan? Emily? I
1: really screwed
0: up. Screwed up how?
2: The brick. What? I, I didn't know it was bad, but the pin's on it now. You gotta help me.
3: Slow down now. This isn't good? No.
2: Emily said words I didn't know. Tell me if they catch. Brick? No. Tug? Tug might be a drink, like milk and vodka. Pin? You know the kingpin. Dope runner, right? Big time. What are you going to do? She asked for my help. I just want to know she's okay. So
1: what's first? I'm going to start shaking things up.
0: Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, episode 12. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And as friends, we discovered Charles enjoys movies, but other than major blockbusters from the last 15 years, he hasn't seen any. So as good friends, we decided to expose him to personal favorites and cinematic classics. And this week, we watched the 2005 movie Brick. So, Charles, tell us what Brick was about. It's a pretty complicated uh, complicated. plot. Uh, It might be hard to explain it all, but
2: uh, it's about... Brendan, uh, who I guess is a high school detective, um, but <laughs> J-G-L. He, Yeah. yeah. Um, but he <laughs> receives a very distressed call from an ex-girlfriend of his. So he goes to investigate what's going on, and he finds her dead. So now he really wants to find out what's going on. And he ends up uncovering this like CD, high school underground drug dealing operation, and he goes and finds their leader and like ends up working for them or something along those lines uh, and he talks to various people around the high school to get information and eventually like he gets wind of some conflict within the drug ring about bricks of cocaine and like one of them was cut or like taken and cut badly Another was missing, and this leads to some conflict within the drug-dealing ring between the leader, the pin, I think was his yeah, name. Yeah, as like a kingpin. Yeah, and um, I guess the guy who was his muscle, who was actually like a competing gang or something. Tug. I yeah, got that a little confused. Because it seemed like he was just the guy's henchman, but in the end it looked like they were an entire gang as well. Yeah, he, he formed his own uh sure Um, but there was some conflict there over the missing cocaine and it ends up heating up new like full-on violent conflict and it's also revealed that his ex-girlfriend was killed by tug uh, who couldn't handle that she was pregnant with someone else i think that was the what happened there (laughs) um and uh, there was another girl that brendan meets uh who's been helping him this whole time but he doesn't trust her and, and uh he ends up finding out that she's the one who stole the cocaine that caused the violent conflict uh with the gang and so he rats her out to the officials the cops who um, are actually the yeah school the, the administrators. Real, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then the movie kind of ends there I guess sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if I got that completely right because no, no the way. sound mixing um, <clears throat> in my version seemed really bad. I don't know if it's universal, but I had a very hard time
3: hearing all the dialogue. Yeah, I think it's kind of intentionally obtuse. Yeah, for some major portions of it, which is very typical of noir films. But yeah, Carassonne, I was surprised that you picked this one, uh, not because it's a bad movie, because this is a great movie. Yeah, but it's it's really niche, right? Like it, this is a cult movie in kind of a, the truest sense of the word
0: really uh i mean it's, i know it's, a lot of people that have seen it
3: i know people that have i mean it feels like it didn't really hit the mainstream right like the people that have seen it are enthusiastic about it and they've liked it
0: yeah i've never yeah. talked to somebody who hasn't liked it right but uh, it's
3: it, it feels like this is a movie that hits on a very specific audience
0: yeah it's a yeah. weird movie
3: so it's a, it's a weird
0: movie yes, um, it is. yeah i like it because of that um it's yeah, it's an it's an odd movie. I like also that it's, like, it's a sensibly, like, set up as a teen movie, and then... It isn't. It's not at all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been told I've been saying this word incorrectly, but it's a film film noir. Noir. Yeah. You say it like a minor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I roll the noir. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a noir, it has like elements of westerns, um, yeah. lots of stuff, <laughs> and it's it's very unapologetic in its production, like as Charles was referencing, like the dialogue <laughs> is difficult to follow until yes. you sort of get into the pace of the movie. There's a lot of plots and subplots and different relationships with the characters that are difficult to understand, even watching it like a few times yeah. through. I
2: had a little bit um, of trouble remembering their names and who was who. Yeah, because they, they talk keep, really keeping fast. Keeping and yeah, don't. and there's mm. a lot of different people to keep track of. Yeah, they have weird um,
0: names and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, but, but I like how it all comes together and how it's, like, it refers to, like, old noir films. And yeah, then, like well,
3: not just noir. Like, I mean, there was numerous references.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, without getting into it, like, too deep right off the bat but like I think like what this movie does well is that like teen movies in general are like you take some like really flippant thing right and then you like expand it out into a movie so it's like the guy tries <laughs> to get the girl and then mm-hmm. like he screws up but then eventually gets a girl and that's like a teen movie yes it is uh, yeah. there's your 90 minutes yeah exactly <laughs> and this is like well, what if it was teens, but what they do like actually matters, <laughs> right? <laughs> Versus like, uh, I I think there was like a really good Family Guy joke about this, where Peter goes undercover into a, a high school, and <laughs> that's, uh, that's
3: Twenty One Jump Street.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then he he ends up in this like teen show essentially, <clears throat> and then the show like the theme song it goes like high school your problems really matter <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> dude let me tell you something there is nothing that will ever happen in the rest of our lives that's as important as what's going on
2: right
1: here right now in high school by these lockers I've got so many problems hey nothing that can't be fixed by staring at a lake high school is such a serious thing these problems matter
0: that's it's the like, joke. And what so, if they did? but this, yeah, this film is yeah. like, well, yeah, like, what if the things that you do in high school are like actually life or death right. scenarios? Right, in a literal yeah. sense. <laughs> but really, what it's doing, though, is, is taking like this sort of crime drug story and then yeah. just like interlacing it onto this like, ca- like Southern California and suburban high school setting. Right. Yeah. But, yeah Which is where all teen movies take place, right? Because like, you need the good weather. S- SoCal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey. Yeah. I- yeah.
3: I was reminded of a lot of noir movies that I've seen uh, before. I w- while I was watching this because I hadn't seen this, but I saw it in two thousand six, like right after it came out. And yeah, I've really mm-hmm. seen it since then. Um, so I was reminded of a lot of noir film I've seen since two thousand six. Uh, but Charles, have you seen any film noir, or were you reminded? of No, any he has now.
0: I don't. Showed him like, yeah, I don't think. We we showed has. him Vertigo. Which well, yeah. is like like right. Hitchcock okay. doing film noir, right? Maybe we did this out of order. We maybe should have done like a real noir film and then. Right. I think like, my only exposure
2: indent. to noir has been the video game LA Noir.
0: Okay. Which is good actually cuz it yeah. references every single like good yeah. film noir film. Yeah, that game's bonkers. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. bonkers. Well, I think like I mean the classics are like uh Double Indemnity, Big Chinatown, Sleep. Big Sleep. Re- Although Rebecca. Chinatown is also like a neo-noir film. But... Yeah, it was further along. Uh, Rebecca, Laura. Yeah. Um, and what's the uh, the one with the owl? The Maltese Falcon. The Maltese Falcon, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah that one was good.
0: That was that's a great, great a really good, really That's the really one,
3: good one I always hear about. I don't know yeah. very much about it. So it hasn't been spoiled for you? Because there's like a twist ending. I guess not. Oh no, Well, okay. they all kind of have twist endings.
0: It, right. But and that, so, that, that does, I mean, so does this film, It right? might
2: be yeah, one that's... of the many twists I hear that I just
3: referenced. You don't know. What...
0: Irrespective of the movie. No, you would know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but like this film has a twist ending too. Yeah, right? yeah, it does. But, right, like it's you know the baby is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's baby, and the girl who's he's been very suspicious of the whole time yeah. was actually he was he, right. Yeah, <laughs> he was, was right, which is not right. like a normal noir trail. Right, oftentimes the main character like kind of falls for the the femme fatale character. Right, and in in this he really pushes her away for most of the film. Yeah, And when he does let. Let her in. He does it to like entrap her. Yeah, yeah, in, it's a, in a smart was, way. He's playing her the whole time. Yeah, it,
3: it it kind of feels like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character here has seen the big sleep, right? Like yeah, he, <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. Well, yeah, seen, I did leave that out I've the plot summary it. that he basically like frames everyone
2: responsible. Right, Not like frames, but like he makes sure yeah. that what they did was known because he puts him in that position. Like he leaves um, Emily's body in the trunk of the guy's Mustang. Yeah. And yep. he, like, slides the gun back in to make sure that he has the murder weapon
0: on yep. him when the cops arrive. Well, it's like, yeah. they, those characters would have gotten away with it. If it wasn't for those meddling kids. Yeah, but then he he sets <laughs> yeah. them up yeah. to yeah. fall for what they did in a way that is untrue, but they still fall for their correct crimes. Right, exactly. Yeah. He, right. So, he, like, he's constantly
3: cool. the smartest guy in the room. Which yeah. is also atypical of Noir, right? Because you look at... Like, Phil yeah. Marlowe, the the big sleep guy, mm-hmm. um, he is bamboozled throughout yeah. the story. <laughs> it's just constantly wrong. from Jimmy Stewart in
0: Vertigo. Yeah, is like, yeah He doesn't get it until the very like He's edge. the mark the whole time. Yeah. Right, the whole time. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, she really plays him in that movie. Right, so in this one, we have yeah. a, a noir
3: hero who actually kind of is a good detective, right? Like he's good at his job. Yeah, he's weirdly
2: competent, right? I yeah. did not expect him to be able to fight. I mean, you look at him; he doesn't look like the kind of guy. Well, he could I don't know if he can fight, but he, he can take a punch. That's for sure. Well, yeah, yeah. but I mean, he. Yeah. I guess the guy was drugged up, but he did beat up the leather jacket guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, no, that, he beat up the football dude too.
3: Yeah, it, it reminded me of that yeah. tug he's sequence like, shit out of him as him. he's like getting beat up all <laughs> the time and like gradually getting more and more. You know, bedraggled as the movie goes on. They, yeah. That reminded me of Chinatown a lot, because that's exactly what happens to Jack Nicholson there, right? Yes. Like, throughout the movie, he's just getting more and more beat up and cut up and bloody. And, like, he, Joseph Gordon Levitt was doing the same thing for, like, the middle portion of this movie, right? With those kind of Alarmingly things. Alarmingly, so, yeah. actually. Yeah.
0: Like, he's, like, in really bad shape at the movie. Yeah. Which, again, like, this movie kind of, like, does what you expect it to, but mm-hmm. then, like, kind of does the opposite. Right. And so, you kind of have a, this, like, heartthrob main character. And he starts off looking really good, and then throughout yeah. the whole movie, he just gets worse and worse and sicker and sicker. It right. sounds like he's in pretty awful. Yeah, he's in pretty rough shape yeah. by the, by the end there. But then, but
3: then, like once his plan starts coming together, yeah, like, he heals up <laughs> as though he's like being <laughs> revitalized by his by his scheme going off correctly. Yeah, which is a uh, which again kind of goes back to Chinatown and other similar movies where these guys, like as it gets more and more out of control, they become more and more. You know, beat up and physically worn down. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. It's it's hard to know what to really focus on with this movie actually because there's a lot going on
3: on many different yeah. levels too. Um yeah. let's. So I'll pick something. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Ryan Johnson directed this. Like when you recommended it, next I, Star Wars movie, next Star Wars movie. Yeah,
2: I was wondering why I'd heard of this movie, and it's why. probably whenever people talk about Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and also when people talk about Star Wars Episode
0: Eight and Ryan yeah. Johnson.
3: Well, and between those two, he had a movie I hadn't seen, um, and he also has Looper, which was really what got him the Star Wars league, I think. But uh, yeah,
0: I mean, this movie Brick like put him on the map, right? Because it was right. right, It's like a cult movie. Yeah, and then he started getting real.
3: Yeah, because Looper saw wider a wider release than and longer release. Yeah, people really
0: liked Looper. I remember Looper being pretty big. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: It was good. Um, So yeah, I forgot that it was him doing this, but you could see kind of evidence of a younger director at play like there are there are moments here when this is a, a guy who's working with a lower budget who maybe doesn't have to chair sure less hand. than five hundred thousand
0: dollars really yeah wow. 475k <laughs> okay for the whole movie i didn't know it was that little well yeah i mean what charles rings. is getting to with the audio like he's right the audio was like not great right in this movie i had to crank uh,
2: my tv up to almost max and like you yeah, turned... can barely
0: hear what they were saying like physically i just couldn't hear it there. and there's probably like Four sets that they're shooting in. Well, that, yeah, be, that's the
3: other thing I noticed yeah. on this viewing. Um, that he, I think he's stretching that you know four hundred whatever thousand dollars. There's mm-hmm. a lot of these really empty sets, right? Like th- there there are a lot of shots of them like in a parking lot and nobody else there, or like this empty building that's all just great. That always
2: threw me off. This high school had no life to it at right. all.
3: It was so well, dead, which I think was intentional. Like I, I think that that's part of the yeah, world he's building. But
0: it was very striking to me this time around. Yeah, I think that's actually important. Element yeah, because like often in teen movies, what well, you'll they're shot they're shot in Southern California, but they're shot in like nice places. So yes. like really colorful places. With yeah, lots they of made activity. sure
2: that every single day here in this somehow still <laughs> SoCal location was always overcast. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. They so did. like the common places to shoot in SoCal are like Elsa Segundo high school, which is like a really like upper middle class suburb okay. of LA, very nice high school, like really beautiful looking building. Right. Or you shoot, like you shoot in buildings like that, right. like Santa Monica High, like really nice cities. Yeah. This was shot out in like Santa Clara, which is like more of like a suburb of LA. I think it's in Santa Clara. I think yeah. It was called San Clemente. San or something Clemente. Yeah. yeah sure. sure. Yeah. So like some other saint. some other like so what it's I a think, bit far south of LA but I think the like the suburban reference here is important right because like it what you, what you get is like when you grow up in a suburb or like in sort of a middle class area when you're in high school that area is like really boring yeah, like there's like, nothing, nothing happening yep it looks great like the the that's yep. that's sort of the you you know, the nature of the suburb is that you like you walled yourself off yeah. from a real city and you've decimated culture, right? You look okay. like you suck culture out of an area. Yep. <laughs> and then for young people, this sucks, right? There's like yeah. nothing to do in in a suburb. And so, well, again, going back to this movie, it's like, well, what if you inject something that like really matters? Yeah, into... well, I mean, and, and yeah. that's what these kids did, right? Like, yeah. they, they sat down and they watched
3: The Big Sleep and Chinatown and The Godfather and Breathless yeah. and said, let's act like we're in those movies. Yeah. And that's, that's what these suburban kids end up doing, right? Like, they latch onto pop culture and create their own culture out of this prestige of whatever they consume. I always
2: thought yeah. the theater lady character was really funny.
3: Yeah, she was great. So I could I
2: could immediately tell like the kind of archetype that they are right. going after, that kind of mysterious and powerful
3: figure that had all the who me. is overacting. Right. Right. Well, yeah. And, and <laughs> in an actual For you sure. know, like trad- Omar played straight, she's a prostitute. Yep. Right? Like that's that's the character they're they're ribbing on there.
0: Yeah, or, or she's, that. like, in a bar or something. Or, yeah. yeah. You're right. Costume, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you you, you usually, usually show up at, like, a smoky club, a jazz club right. or something. You right. And she's something. not a fool, right? She's No, like, no, she's on it. And she knows how to play Justin gordon Justin gordon right. knows that he's being played and, like, right. tells her to stop her. Right, which is, again, uh, Phil Mahler would have fallen for that. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I also thought it was really so, funny
2: that she always had a different costume every time he showed up.
0: And she's
3: gradually getting more and more makeup. Yeah, throughout. she, like, turned around
2: and just right. had this full, like, Japanese makeup on.
3: Right, and, and before just, that, like, she's, like, like really clothes. dolled up like a stripper. And then mm-hmm. in the first scene, she has, you know, just normal,
0: everyday right. makeup But the, on. Again, like, the only signs yeah. of, like, culture in this town are the drama club, right? Yeah. The the football reference is important, right? Because sure. there's nothing else going on in yeah. Suburban Town other than, like, a football and team. And he's
3: telling the same story both times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And then there's nothing else to do, right? So yeah. what do you do? Well, they have
3: the toga party. Well, yeah, what, uh, which is again just pulling from pop culture, right? and that's like, like a drama
0: yeah. kid party, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, Uh, so there's nothing else to do, right? So you do drugs, of right. course, or sell drugs, <laughs> or sell drugs, yeah. And then, so and then this movie posits, well, like, okay, what if the drug trade is like a big series. deal in yeah. serious? Yeah. yeah, like sort of like a cartel level, right? thing that's happening in, mm. in a yeah. kind of literal sense, yeah, yeah.
3: That, that I thought that was really interesting, um. Yeah. So is, I guess that brings us, to my other thought on this movie is, is this a postmodern movie? I mean that in like the more precise definition of postmodernism, not just weird for the sake of weird, but well, in, in the sense... It's
0: postmodern in the sense that it's like, ref, like sort of taking apart, referencing like earlier structures. And, and reassembling, and that, right? Like it, yeah. it's doing the pastiche thing, right? It, yeah. It's well, what apart- makes
2: a movie postmodern? I'm not familiar
3: with this term. That's a big question. Um, <laughs> yeah. So well, I think, it's after
0: modernism, right? Yeah, right. That's, what, <laughs>
3: that's what helped. It, it doesn't mean that. It well, it's is. very
0: bleak. It's. I mean, it can be right. Like that's the thing. And
3: so modernism refers to in a very simplistic way, like the post World War One and World War Two sense that we've lost meaning that the world is not necessarily a good place. It's constantly moving forward. That like we can move mm-hmm. backwards sometimes, right? And mm-hmm. modernism is mourning that loss, right? So the big like, our typical modernist work is The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot, right? Like, mm-hmm. that is the ethos of modernism.
0: But I feel like there's, there's also, like, a hopefulness to modernism, okay. right? Where, where, like, progress is important to modernism. But right,
3: but it's, it can't, yeah. it, that it's not for sure anymore, right? And that we, we can't draw on these major narratives for meaning. Yeah,
0: like, I think 2001, which we yeah did a few weeks ago, was, you know, that's an important, like, modernist film. Okay. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 I like like that. We're sort of that. We're looking to the future. We've kind of lost our, our place. You right. Know, well, and well, the, the, the big things but... that
3: we relied on before, like you know, nationalism. Yeah. Right, no is longer... not a, a, a major. Yeah. Uh, not something we can rely on anymore.
0: Right. So postmodernism Post... is like a rejection of that.
3: It, well, <laughs> yeah. not even no. Like <laughs> postmodernism is a celebration of that. Yeah. Right. Where where modernism is somewhere between like mournful and trying to build something new. Postmodernism is saying, is agreeing with modernism insofar as it's saying, yes, think we've lost meaning, we've lost the major narratives, and reveling in that, right? <laughs> just like taking it and just either creating something absurd and new or just saying it's fine for, not any, for nothing to mean anything. So the big postmodernist thinker would be Derrida, who mm-hmm. brought that to language, who said that you, you can... That's where the term deconstruction comes from. You can deconstruct language until it's self-contradictory, every single word. You can just break it down and down and down until you can't actually define it anymore. Um, And the other major postmodern contribution that I was reminded of um, when watching this movie is, is the pastiche, where you're taking two things that are not at all, that seemingly aren't related to each other and bringing them together and creating something new, and so this film is bringing together the teen movie, which you have mentioned, and the Nora film, which mm-hmm. on their surface seem to have nothing to do with each other. And Ryan Johnson finds this these common threads between them. And the Western too, is, yeah, is look, being seen right. right. Well, and yeah. and the French New Wave, right? Like they, there's these constant mm-hmm. jump cuts, like Godard-style jump cuts, yep. throughout the movie um, that start out just on objects, but eventually like are the actual Godard jump cut where it's on conversation. So it doesn't even make it makes it even less sense. Yeah. Uh, so I was watching this movie, and I was I was thinking of that and thinking about what similarities Ryan Johnson was seeing between teen movies and noir. And I think there are some, right? I think that he actually hit on things that are substantial uh, Mm -hmm. when he brought this stuff together. Um, But I don't know if either of you had any thoughts on the similarities between noir and teen dramas or comedies. (laughs) Because I think they're there.
0: Yeah, I think so. General, or if you really, or if you
3: disagree with my uh definition of postmodernism, I realize it's a contested topic.
0: Yeah, I mean there's a lot to it, <laughs> but I I think the sort of like self-reflective nature of it. Right. The the you're right that like the pastiche of like different very right. different things are being brought right. together and like, f- and like assembling a new meaning of those new things. Right. And, so and, and affirmatively like, tearing down the grand narrative, right? Yeah. In, just, in film in particular, it's yeah. sort of this like collage of, of meanings.
3: Right. So, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm of the school of thought that postmodernism isn't actually its own movement. It's just an extension of modernism, that they're not offering a new idea. They're offering a new response to the same idea. But I think it's distinct enough that we can talk about things being postmodernism and modernist and have that
0: distinction be
3: meaningful. So, yes
0: yes okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree um but i don't know charles what do you what do you think
2: well as for the similarities between teen movies and uh noir films well from at least my little exposure to noir tropes it seems like it generally involves <laughs> the detective um maybe being like overconfident in his capabilities and very stubbornly pursuing his case you know usually right. there's some like resistance in, like you know maybe you shouldn't look into this or maybe it's not important enough to look into or things like that, and, you know usually the main character is very headstrong and insists on pursuing this track um, against their better judgment, and it seems like a similar theme for you know teenagers to maybe overvalue the wrong things and uh, to be too stubborn and not know when to give up and you know those sorts yeah,
3: of yeah I mean, that's that's the path that I was that uh, trending towards too is that it's like I was wondering if this movie is romantic, right like it's not a it's not a romance in the sense that it's about a relationship because that's not really the driving romanticizing thing. right it's yeah is that it, it's teens tend to and teen movies specifically tend to romanticize the teen years right like make them seem much grander than they actually are and noir does the same thing with crime right yeah. that it's it's saying look at how cool it is to be a a PI and look how cool it is to like encounter
0: murdered people all the time Yeah. right and yeah i think <laughs> Oh, okay. The focus on language in this movie is important, too, yeah. right? Because the teens talk like they're, like, 50s detectives. <laughs> right. They're, right? yeah. like,
3: a weird version of 50s detectives because they're not, like, directly picking up all of the 50s slang. They're, like... Well, they've invented business. new well, slang. modernizing right. it. Right. They're modernizing it. They're inventing new slang and then, like, mixing in the old stuff that they like.
0: But that, in reality, <laughs> is, like, how, you know... Th- that is how language evolves sure. among absolutely. young people, right? Yeah, so absolutely. So you have this, like, evolution of language that happens among young people and but then you also have this like specific language that happened among like from the 50s right Mm -hmm. and they're they're talking like they're in the 50s but they're not using real like 50s language right and so it's this comment of like how like I think that's like the connection that's trying to make there that, that's was, certainly a strong one. Yeah, yeah. it reminded
3: me of um, Clockwork Orange in that sense, right? Because Clockwork Orange, it's the same thing with language. Yeah, like or there's
0: all this made-up slang. Yeah. that you have to like figure out as you go along. Yeah, same. At, I'm not a big Battlestar fan, but they have like the same thing, right? <laughs> yes, Where they, just, yes. they just have this lingo that you like pick up on. Right. And for this movie, it takes, it takes a few, it takes a while to kind of get into the headset of their language. Yeah, yeah. Um, I,
3: mean, and I I think I mentioned this before, but it's like. Yeah. Uh, Watching Shakespeare, right? Where, like, you start watching a Shakespeare play. You're just like, what is and you're like, happening? What the hell are they you get in the about? right mindset. But it's, yeah, eventually you saying. kind of like get into the flow of it. And this is kind of the same thing where you.
0: you yeah, you, even if you don't like yeah. catch the words they're saying, you get like what they mean. Right. Yeah, you yeah. get the feel of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Which is really what he's trying to communicate. Like he says like
0: specs a lot.
3: He's like, what's the specs? Or, glasses. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, specs are glasses.
0: Yeah, but it's also, like, status, right? Or, yeah. Well, and, yeah. and looking, I think.
3: But I, I think that, yeah, it has all these yeah. fluid meanings.
0: Uh, um, so the brain is yeah. a great character that he, yeah. like, interfaces with. So the brain is the guy that, like, <laughs> has his ear to the street. Yeah. But also is able to sort of, like, be out of it. Mm-hmm. And so he's this great, like, kind of, like, independent source of information that... Yeah, that, this informant
3: character. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. That he can go to. Um, yeah, I really enjoy the character of the of the brain. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so. I love too. I think he's also helpful as a plot device because it allows the main character to bounce what he's thinking yep. off of that character, yeah. and so it's a way of like doing exposition without. Yeah, well, and so, like without doing exposition. Yeah, right? without it, doing it, it in a dumb way. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> an
3: interesting way of doing exposition, and like every yeah. movie needs exposition at some point. It could right? have been like an internal yeah. monologue of the yeah. character, right?
0: And it essentially
3: is
2: right. Cause I've ber- I've read theories that he's an imaginary character because wow. people love making those cheesy ass <laughs> yeah, theories. Those well, right. the
0: way at the end of the movie, one one really nice detail is mm-hmm. the brain appears, and you're, what you what you see is you see a shot of Justin, Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt after he's been told the outcome of uh, what's just occurred, yeah. or they've sort of gone well, out with the plot. It's when
2: uh, the girl like whispers at him, right? Yeah, and
0: then she walks away. Yeah, and then still looking at joseph gordon levitt out of his head walks brain yeah. To, yeah to the right Yeah, they have a conversation without looking at each other and then brain walks back into his head <laughs> yeah and then the movie oh, that's ends. Cute. you don't yeah. see brain after that yeah i didn't but, notice yeah, that pretty but,
2: good. yeah but uh, it was mentioned in the discussions about this theory yeah um i think it's more of a just a fun way to kind of i don't know show their relationship yeah uh, rather than necessarily mean that he's an imaginary fragment of his imagination, that, that doesn't
3: add anything. To the like movie.
2: yeah, that, yeah, I was, was like, a, yeah,
0: that's true. Just go. Whoa, that's so deep. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. That's that's not anything. But I mean, it does. It's
0: Spy Club. <laughs> it's, every movie is Spy Club. Spy Club was <laughs> so great, right? Yeah. No, I mean that's. I mean, we've spoken about this offline, right? Yeah, that is the wrong way to interpret movies, where if yeah. everything has this like tenth level meaning to it, yeah. You've, you've... You are you are not enjoying a movie correctly. Yeah, like yeah. if everything is a little mystery, right? Right. Then, like, like this is a pro- this is a Westworld problem, right? Yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. One of them. It, I mean, well,
3: it's, it's, it's the, the JJ Abrams problem, right? Oh yeah. Like that's like, really what we're getting at here, because I think Westworld kind of well, does it better
0: than because like David Lindelof well, is the bigger Able. problem is, is the yeah. fan
2: reaction to yeah, it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Basically, all discussion about Westworld devolved into picking at little details for theories, rather than discussing, you know, the grander topics of what's like consciousness
0: actually, and technology what's going on in the show. Yeah, or you could just like relax and enjoy a
3: show, right? But, well, and, and <laughs> take <laughs> it or take yeah. it for what it is, right? Like, not try to insert your look how smart i can be bullshit and no it's like a, yeah tech. it's the narcissism of the viewer yeah. where it's yeah. like
0: well now the show is oh, about i got this figured out the... i'm a genius yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah
3: well and it's not just about just showing off your own intelligence it's about being smarter than the show yeah. itself right like and that's even
0: and it's like come on like whatever dumb dumb like if you're yeah. that smart then like <laughs> do something write a yeah. good show then yeah. yourself yeah. Like, yeah yeah well then <laughs> instead of like spending hours if on you try end, to appease people like, like this you get this
2: problem where <laughs> like, you have to, like, have evidence for what is about to happen and you can't have it come out of nowhere because it'll seem too contrived. but then if you plant the evidence, people will maybe figure it out through the... Ep- anyway. uh, right, but, yeah, it's it, not really... but the it's approaching
3: like... shows as puzzles is, is the problem, right? Like, yeah. Westworld kind of answered this in that so many of the fan theories were right. And, like, the fans were disappointed. <laughs> like, they had figured it out. <laughs>
0: They're like, oh, wait, <laughs> this
3: sucks.
2: It was just, like, the man in black like, finding the maze.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. like, well, if you relax and just watch the show, then you mm-hmm. would, like, be right. fine. And enjoy it for what is actually a Or, like, have a conversation with your friends about the show and enjoy right. it that way. Right. And, like, you don't need to be, like, the smartest person in the room. Approaching possibly. it like a puzzle, right? Like, art yeah. isn't a puzzle to
3: be solved, right? Like, that's the wrong way to think about it. I... For
0: me. Yeah, that's the same, same with fine art, right, where people yeah. like look at it like, well, what does it mean? It's like, it doesn't matter what it means, like you can, does it, does it means mean whatever it means. What does yeah, it exactly. mean to you? It means yeah. that
2: feeling in your chest when you yeah. look at it. Yeah, exactly. Or that's what it can, means to me.
0: You can have like, you know, some historical context to it and it'll have meaning to that, right. to like read about it, you know? <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, and, the, and that doesn't mean that yeah. your
3: reaction can't be complex or shouldn't be complex or can't be explained in depth but grounded in the text, right? Like grounded in what you're actually thinking and feeling when and seeing when you take in a work. Yeah. And I think that that's what these J.J. Abrams fans <laughs> miss is that they're not grounding what they're doing in the text.
0: Yeah, what are the math like graphics that like kind of like you can like infinitely look into them? Oh, okay. Fractals? Uh, fractals, yeah. Yeah. If, if you approach a movie in this way, yeah. every movie becomes this like little yeah. fractal puzzle, right? Because yeah. then like if, the little book in one scene has meaning. Then, like every object in every scene has meaning. Yeah. So it's like, why are there seventy leaves on that bush <laughs> in, in that scene? <laughs> it's like, a math. Yeah, just <laughs> seventy <laughs> mean something to yeah. this, right? Yeah, um, yeah. There's a great documentary about um, The Shining. Yeah, one eight seven. Right? Yeah, which something, is more something like that. Yeah, it's the, the actual
3: room in the hotel. One eight seven is uh, the cop murder oh yeah
0: oh uh, it's room. whatever it it's is like, i gotta mean something. something it's 200 something but yeah <laughs> or yeah whatever it is it it's documentary about people who have insane theories about the shining yeah and yeah. uh and there are so many Right. Yeah. yeah. There's stuff about like minotaurs. Yeah. Like, and the moon landing oh, is God. the big one.
3: Like they think yeah. that it's about uh, Kubrick admitting that the moon, he faked the moon landing for NASA. Oh, he shot that's it. something. And yeah. it's great
0: because like the interviews with these people are like, well, I'm not a crazy person. But, but then here's, one of here's crazy the craziest thing ever. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> about a movie from
3: the 70s. Like, right. Yeah. Right. And I, yeah. I feel like this <laughs> is the kind of movie that could invite that. Right? Like like you talk about the Which well, is the cryptic language, right? Right, uh, and brain. the weird setting, yeah. and the the brain character, who never talks to yeah. anybody else. It, and it, it, it's literally a mystery, right? Right, yeah, <laughs> right. And and so, but I think if that's what you're trying to do when you're watching this movie, I mean, you can do that, and like if you want to approach the work that way, that's fine. But you're missing out, right? You're missing mm-hmm. out on what the the movie's actually about, and what Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson is trying to communicate to us. And that's a sad thing. It's a disappointing thing, and I, I feel like we could as a movie-watching community, get a lot more out of these people that are clearly very invested in the text if they actually approached it in a way that wasn't so narcissistic.
0: (laughs) And superficial.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that is a shame. But
0: everybody's kind of, like, used to being catered to now, right? Like, that's how media is formed, that, like, oh, well, now we have to, like, interact with the show online. Yeah. Because that's how, like, advertising, like, subsumes this kind of... Interaction, right? And, and Lost again was a good example of this. So, like, when Lost started to pick up steam as like a popular show, there were all these like games that they set up online yeah. outside. Oh yeah, the ARGs. I, I watched yeah. Lost as it aired, so I certainly remember that. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, yeah, or you can just relax and watch the show, right? Like, right. Or, well, just... And then realize that it's terrible. Like, no, I, I will defend Lost
3: a lot. Uh,
0: <laughs> Lost is my favorite show for a long time. I think the first season is one of the best seasons of TV you yeah. could watch. And it falls off so hard after season two-ish, like. But, but yeah.
3: then it comes back, right? Like no, that, yes, no, it never yes, rebounds, no, no. never, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never. Um, okay, well, that's yeah. a that's a topic for another for podcast. But uh, the but
0: either way, that Lost was kind of a leader in this, where you like kind of
3: the leader, right? Like I, re- I yeah. realize you could probably go back to like uh, David Lynch and um, Twin Peaks, yeah. to like find the actual source of this stuff. But or, there was no way of, like, interacting at right. that time, right? So, but yeah. Lost was the first yeah. one to do it with the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <with> <laughs> Back to the movie. Ma- Ma- yes, after that, that <laughs> uh, tangent, the scene that I found really striking, in like a very purely noir way, like that wasn't tapping into the teenage stuff as much, was towards the beginning of the movie when he's entering the party, and I don't know the actress's name, but the the smart one, right, that's actually trying to gain uh,
0: Emily. Emily DeRaven. No, that's
3: the girlfriend, the girl from Lost. Oh, you're right, you're <laughs> right. Nora, yeah. Nora Zetner. Nora, yeah. Laura. W- right, Laura. W- also a noir reference, right? Like, that's yeah. a big, famous noir movie. Yeah. Um, when she's playing the piano and doing that spoken word bit, like, that's just such a, Picture perfect, more moment, right? Like yeah. the guy. When well, you enter
2: the club and the ladies right, playing music, is playing super music.
3: seductive, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just they like even parody
2: that on the the office uh, when uh, he had the Michael Scarn. This, yeah, uh, <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, it it shows up everywhere, but he plays it. Ryan Johnson plays it so straight here, right? Like he's that that felt like his most one of his more sincere moments, and when he's actually like showing his affection for film and for this mode of film, and I I, I enjoyed that a lot. I thought that that was. Really and s- it was probably sweet.
2: intentional to have her in like the red, like Chinese. Oh, absolutely. Outfit, right? That's yeah. a reference to something. Yeah. Well, I mean, that yeah, is
3: noir. Like, the femme yeah, fatale the, is the, the woman in red, right? right. Like, that's the woman in red. Is it the significant dress? that she's
2: wearing a Chinese dress? Probably. Though? It's that? a reference I don't identify f- right away. It but. feels to me like it's a <laughs> reference, but I don't know enough about noir for to know, like, specifically.
3: Yeah. Reference. Nothing comes to mind, but I'm sure okay. it's something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, I mean, and then after that, they're like sipping whiskey by the fireplace and yeah. this whole, right? There's it's... randomly
2: candles in that room?
3: Right, yeah, just
0: stuff that doesn't really need to be explained. I, I... There's a lot of, like, powerful women in this movie, too. Yeah. Like, There's... People kind of, like, you know, kind of give her information. She's, like, yeah. playing she's everybody. One, though, right? Like, she's the only No, one. the drama girl, too, has, oh, like, yeah, these, like, little, right. like, yeah. male helpers that she, like, sends <laughs> yeah. to, like, get things. So, like, human he just, like, pops her. out yeah. of the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, so yeah, you're right. There are a couple. Um, but she has the most significant role, and uh, it's clearly. Well, in that
0: she's like playing everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Successfully. Yeah. Almost. Almost. Um, but yeah, it, it, it feels like it's. There's there's really like three roles for women in noir movies, right? And this has all of them. Yeah. There's the victim, there's the femme fatale, and there's the prostitute. The prostitute. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, that's, yeah. and he hits on all of them here. Um, but this movie has other references, like Beyond Noir, right? Like there's a few really clear Godfather references. Yes. That I liked. Um, um. Well, like the, we the pin. Yeah, I mean he's he's
0: clearly the Godfather, right? And yeah, I think one of the first times you see him, the lighting is he's, is, yep, he's lit straight, from above, yep. and it's like the classic like Godfather poster. Yep, look. he looks just like it. Um, uh, and I really the,
2: like the scene that came after that when uh, they're giving him breakfast and the guy's mom. Is yeah, gone. I thought that was really funny because <laughs> like it kind of takes you out of this noir <laughs> right thing and like brings you back into the real world and shows you kind of how
3: ridiculous they all look. Right. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. Right. That's they're, In they're a way, like,
2: that's kind of showing how seriously kids take themselves, and how silly that can look. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's exactly. That's exactly what it's for.
0: exactly what it's for. And yeah. like, how cartoonishly childish do they look when she gives them cereal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, they have the fucking wants. like Orange juice. chicken. The chicken jug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. jug. and the guy like threatens them with it. And right, has to bring it back. Yeah, that was so
3: goofy. I mean, and then he's pointing out how ridiculous the kids look. And at the same time, then reporting, pointing out how ridiculous these noir detectives must look, right? Like, if someone were to walk around behaving like Philip Marlowe.
0: That right. would be a fucking joke. They're right? all like they would look yeah.
3: ridiculous.
2: They're all actually pretty cartoonish. But plots. then yeah. the
0: one other adult in the film is the vice principal, who is great. He's amazing. I uh, thought that scene was really funny because Richard Roundtree. Yeah. Okay, it reminded me of those like kind of
2: cop films where like oh, the yeah. cop is fucking up and he's like, "I'm going to need your badge and your gun." It's that's everything. exactly yeah. what it is. my sciatica. Yeah, yeah, that's a great scene. Except and, he retorts with school related uh, like.
0: Language. He says, like, you can see me in the parent-teacher conference. <laughs> yeah, that was a great line. It was so good. Because, again, yeah. like, you have this, like, kind of, like, suburban devastation on your life, right? Where yeah. there's, like, your life is just totally meaningless, right? <laughs> right. So you, if you let's invent... Make up,
3: let's make something up. Yeah. yeah.
0: If you invent this thing that's, like, really serious, then your life, like, suddenly has meaning around these around these things. Right. And yeah. that the principal who spends all his time with
3: these kids, like, gets roped into it, and it's like... Playing along, but like kind of actually. Well, because he's in, in their it, world. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like he's actually kind of in it. <laughs> yeah. Is is so perfect, right? It's it's such a great scene. Yeah, and
0: like yeah. where they where they live is like clearly, like maybe it was a nice place in like the seventies, but like has not gotten any nicer. Like, right, yeah. like like the houses are clearly like very middle class, upper middle class. Yeah, well, house. except for the her house where they're was just a freaking mansion. Was yeah, but that, that, that was her place. Well, I don't know. Well, Who's it's, ever it played? Seems, someone's. Yeah, it's someone's. Someone's house. It's a, really yeah, nice place. Yeah, I mean, but there's that, a reference that there are like different classes of students at the sure. beginning because like the the sort of the upper class kids are the ones that are like kind of are the wheelers the these, Yeah, yeah, and then it, the the pin kind of like worked himself up into that world, right. but is still sensibly, you know, a middle lower mm-hmm. middle class kid. Right, He does not yeah.
3: have a mansion. Working out of his basement. Wait, yeah. 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 You You never see
0: his dad. Like he might be. Yeah. A, yeah. A yeah. Or Tug, home. who's like clearly just like a white trash kid. Yeah. Working class. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but has like a nice car because he's a, a drug dealer. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean that, that it's interesting that you, you bring up that point about this might have been a nice place once. Yeah. Because that brings that reminds me of all these abandoned spaces that I had brought up before. Right. It yeah. looks like a place that was once or could have been populated by all these people, but then Ryan Johnson is framing these shots in such mm-hmm. a way that it looks so desolate. He, he, I mean, like, the, he'll have one or two people against, like, a gray building that looks like the Soviets built it or something. and that's The Brutalism, what, right? The, that's what it's called. Yeah, brutalism. It looks like they're... Yeah, it is yeah. Brutalism. Brutalism. It looks like the the building from, like, uh, the Breakfast Club or something. Like, that's the school they went to. Yeah, or,
0: like, when he um, finds Doke, the druggie. Yeah. Like, they're just in, like, some suburban strip mall. hmm It yeah. looks... Like, that's, like, classic Southern California. It's okay. just this yeah. kind of, like trash strip mall somewhere yeah well that yeah. also
2: parallels back to the mm-hmm. noir theme right because i think my impression of noir is they generally are set in areas of the city that have like run down past their glory days oh yeah um and i think it's usually like at night on a rainy day when nobody's out
3: yeah see, i mean this is interesting again because it reminds me of our conversation about westerns mm-hmm. where despite having not actually seen that many noir films except for what we exposed you to in the course of making this podcast, you still know these tropes, right? Yeah, like I, still I get the general ideas.
0: There's so everything. many references to them yeah, everywhere. It's diff- so. Well, so the so big one here is the music of the Western, okay? Yeah, so the I mean, what, what he's doing, uh, whoever the composer is, is probably inspired by Neo. who is right? Cone, yeah, Eric Coney. right, Cone. um, but is is. The, the songs that they've composed sound like Westerns, but mm-hmm. with instruments that are like not, that like oh, sound Western, yeah. but like are not yeah. real. They don't feel like real instruments. Yeah. Um, I think I read a while ago, I, I didn't redo the research on this, but that whatever they use to make the music of this movie are not like instruments, quarter, you know. Because they don't, yeah, they,
3: it does sound weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, so it's like percussive, like, materials and, like, things that they can, like, create these sounds out of, but yeah. they're not, there's no, like, Spanish guitar that you're yeah. getting out of, like, an NEO soundtrack. You know? Right, right, not an actual yeah, one. There was that weird, NEO. like, tinny instrument. <laughs> so
2: There's that weird tinny instrument that's yeah, playing for that, most of the that first, first half is really yeah. important. of the movie. Yeah. yeah,
0: That's that's the Western reference, is that uh-huh. that kind of tinniness to right.
3: it. Yeah, and, 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 and like, you know, good man, the ugly or whatever, that's yeah. uh, a trumpet or something like
0: that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with the, but it's also like, it's very like simple music, right? Yeah. It's like one instrument, maybe two, and then like a few notes, lots of yeah, space it, between the notes. So it's, it's right. like very, even the music is desolate. Uh-huh. It's not epic, like, good, and the bad, and the ugly mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. like soundtrack. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, min, it's not it's heightening the what's universe. going on, right? Yeah.
3: Like it's emphasizing that we're in a desolate place, that we're at the downturn of history. We're not trending upward. Mm -hmm. where Western is talking about us improving, this is not about that. Yeah,
0: it's almost like the soundtrack could just be coming from like trash, kind of (laughs) like dropping, (laughs) like banging through the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, they're not building civilization
3: here, they're experiencing its decline. No, yeah. Yeah, the the one place where it cuts away from that is um, in the Godfather moment, right? Because that's, there are direct references to the Godfather soundtrack. It, yeah, yeah, right. Like it, it sounds. I mean, there's a lot like, of Godfather references. So he, right, exactly. including the soundtrack. You, yeah. You've seen the first one, Charles? I've
2: seen the first Godfather. I don't remember soundtrack moments like that specifically. To oh, really? Here. Yeah. yeah I, I bet if you heard them again, you'd yeah, you'd yeah,
3: recognize it because they're they're distinctive. Um, but you haven't seen Godfather Part Two? Nope. Ooh, okay. <laughs> On the list. Yeah, the list. that's a good one. That is the <laughs> that is a great one. First uh, sequel to ever win Best Picture. Oh, hmm. fun facts. Uh, so, the other thing um, that I, I was thinking about with this movie is where it fits into Joseph Gordon Levitt's career. Because this would be not that much longer after Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, he's, he's kind of transforming into a real actor. Right. And I feel like <laughs> this is his effort to do that. Right. Like, this is his first major effort to say, look, and I'm not the
0: sitcom guy anymore.
3: Yeah. I can, I can make a, a weird indie semi-serious movie. Or like not
0: the comedy guy anymore. Right, right. like he's not funny. Here. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. <laughs>
3: he's, he's not. And um, so Maybe I- Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he, here and there he has, but that's not what, what the goal of the performance is. That's sure. supposed to sit down, but that's the point. Um, like so. the,
2: the time that he stood out most to me was when he's uh, encountering and uh, like, um, well, he's talking to the football guy and he's trying to like, uh, attract his aggression, right? Mm-hmm. And he says the line about the thesaurus, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, he
3: has, he has a few singers on there, which is, again, very typical of the of the noir. Yeah,
2: I think that was the one time that I I really, it really stood out to me that he was portraying, like, a certain character, I guess, because he was kind of being that cocky and, like, you know, arrogant kind of guy. Yeah. With that smirk on his face. The yeah. rest of the time,
0: he felt very drab to me. Um, well, he always was like, hunched over well yeah he's beaten right like he he we enter
3: him yeah. like we we enter the movie it, it does like a three weeks earlier thing right where he is looking at a very low moment right like the nadir of his life at this point yeah and uh so so we we see a guy that is being beaten and losing over and over again until he wins right until it all comes together and uh i, I think that's a Subtle performance for a young actor who hadn't doesn't have that much on his resume at this point. Just third rock. Is it was it wasn't literally just third uh, rock? I'm right? sure he's done some but, other things. Right, but he was like a child actor. So. Yeah, yeah, so. but like that's what he was known for was was third rock, like the
0: major. Yeah, the and major now role. He's Like a serious actor, now.
3: right? And I feel like this is the beginning of that journey,
0: and I. I I wish oh, we'd... he has a lot of credits for a Third Rock, actually. I mean, he's like a legit, like, child actor. Mm-hmm. Right. He's on Pretty Much to break out of being a child actor. Yeah, Dark Shadows. It sounds like a lot of TV to me. Yeah, Roseanne. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, he was a main character on Roseanne. George? One of the kids, I assume? That, uh, yeah, something like that. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he's just like a, you know, he's a child actor and then is able to make the transition into, like, a real... Actor, actor well and that's it's yeah. a real actor but a real film actor right he didn't yeah. stay on TV
3: um, and I think you, you'd see his it, he, he defined his brand so early on so well uh, and I think you can see the start of it in this movie right like when he's the only time he actually has a conversation with the Emily Durabin character it sounds like a conversation that could have happened in 500 days of summer <laughs> right like, <Yep. laughs> that's that's exactly what's going on where she says I've moved out I'm not interested anymore I found someone else it's a better fit we had a fun, but that's what this is it, And he's just like rejecting that, like he's, he yeah. can't handle that. And that is exactly what happens in 500 Days of Summer, and it's right. kind of what happens in Don John. Um, <laughs> did you see that movie, Charles? I did. Yeah, I liked that I movie, did. that was a good one. Um, so it, it's curious that like, he, he, he carved out this like, male feminist space that doesn't feel like cloying and exploitative, that feels kind of sincere. And um, that he's able to do that in 2005. I think it's really impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, a number of, like, comedic actors have kind of made this turn in their careers, too, and it's yeah, I mean, worked he, out pleasantly for a lot of them. Uh, yeah, he hasn't like done that many straight comedies. Patton Oswalt comes to mind, and sure. Jim Carrey. Well, Jim Carrey was less successful. <laughs> yeah, but he still, like, has done some interesting dramatic work. He's yeah. got Eternal yeah. Sunshine. Yeah, that,
3: that's his big hit. Truman is really good. Yeah, um, I like that movie a lot. Um, I, I wish he had kind of stopped after that. I wish he had done more. Yeah, yeah
0: I mean he's kind of nutty, but I think when you <laughs> when you get to that level of fame, I think it's difficult to not right. go kind of crazy.
3: Which makes Joseph Gordon-Levitt all the more impressive, because yeah. by all accounts he is not gone crazy. He seems to be pretty yeah. Uh, level. Yeah, um, I was. Uh, what did you guys think of of Laura? Uh, we touched on her a little bit, but of the performance and the character, I. Hadn't seen that actress in much else, although she looked familiar. If I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, yeah,
0: she's been in some TV stuff. I think she was on Buffy for a while.
3: No, that's not where I saw her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I think she's great in this.
3: Yeah, it's uh, a it's a tough role to to nail down, right? Because it's it's not just a a femme fatale character, right? Like she's doing
0: a little bit more with it. It has to be kind of like it's it's also like. A very like low-key performance right she doesn't like, have that much screen time yeah yeah like she's actually like kind of you know appears like very frail and like yeah. um but you know at the same time is like is playing it is not but right. yeah yeah she's like the true kind of monster that like yeah well and is, she's yeah. she is playing the audience because we don't know
3: like I was not till not very till late. Very, minute. very end. Like, yeah. I, and, like the, Not till like I guess when you see the cigarette.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, the
3: cigarette kind of is the turning right point. it's when you yeah. know something is up. But okay. until until that moment, then it's ambiguous as to whether or not she's a good guy or not.
0: Uh, she was on Marin apparently. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Mark Maron's show. Oh, oh, it's like semi biographical. Okay. show Uh, astronaut wives club. <laughs> Hitchhiker. There's just a bunch of TV. She was on Mad Men. That's
3: where I saw her. She's PV. Yep, that's where I saw yeah, her. I remember her from Mad
0: Men. Um, yeah, she's great. I remember when I first saw this movie, I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Yeah, I, I think that, if, yeah, I, I think that <laughs> yeah. if you
3: watched this movie and when you were in high school, because right, I graduated from high school in 2006, I think that if you watched this movie when you were in high school and you were a young boy who felt kind of shy and weird like Joseph gordon levitt in this you fall in love with that girl immediately yes <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Like and she's gorgeous really <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah there's no way to avoid she's it. got those big eyes that huge Take her over... a
2: bit of innocence
0: yeah they take yeah. over her face and she wears like kind of quirky girl stuff <laughs> oh yeah it's and she's like feathers in her hair yes and stuff like yeah that. weird hats yeah. and she has that big red dress and, yeah like, yeah she's like a wes anderson love interest essentially it, yeah <laughs> a lot of i mean
3: she's like a manic pixie dream girl who is not right like, yeah There's a
0: few, there's another, the other, like, Wes Anderson moment is, um, well, there's a few. The one is the house, the pin's house is, like, the pin in general is kind of a Wes Anderson character. Interesting. There's, like, an ornateness to the scenes around him. A
3: preciseness to it, Yeah. 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 Yeah,
0: like, his desk is, like, this very, like comically small but ornate like I kind get this impression yeah. just
2: from having seen yeah. pictures of Wes Anderson films like yeah. it reminds me of like they had the mailbox with a chicken on it yes or yeah. like when you're inside his van and he's got his lamp that's like shaking yes that was the, the other one
0: the, the lamp of the van yeah. is that is a that's a Wes Anderson right and
2: the, like kind of camera angle that's yeah. kind of looking up at him a little bit yeah like, it kind of got that gave me that impression
0: yes yeah. yeah, so, so yeah just that Having not even
3: seen OS headers, see, yeah, the right. The, yeah. the kitschy stuff everywhere. Very. That's put in a very certain place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally. Where it's like kind of these like slightly old technologies that are like <laughs> yeah. made really, it's like the yeah. desk lamp and the <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the desk itself, right, is clearly. Yeah, many, it feels like there should old. be like a typewriter on right. it or something.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. and and, he's, oh. and he still kind of does the minimal, minimal, minimalism thing in those scenes. Yes. Right, because he had the desk is the only thing in that room. Right, it's like this pretty decent-sized room, carpeted, with a desk and a chair.
0: Well, it goes back to the class notion of the pin, right? Yeah, where he's like, he is wants so bad to be taken serious and as like an, an upper class person, right? But is so clearly not able to do it yeah Right. you yeah. He he, can't fill in that room right because again he has the little desk right yeah. where it's yeah. like it's yeah. not like a big giant like boss it desk it doesn't look it's... like Don only's desk right? yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. and yeah. like yeah. Yeah. the van right the van has the lamp in it yeah. Yeah. but it's a crappy like astro wagon yeah. Right? Yeah. right right. van <laughs> yeah. and, and the cane that he has yeah right like so you you see
3: this cane as this affectation that this guy is putting on to look more like a gangster it turns out he's actually crippled yeah, yeah. it turns out that he really needs it yeah. so like that really Another Wes Anderson style yeah. detail where there's yeah. sort
0: of like this tragedy to the character, right? Right. This yeah.
3: little this little thing, and so that that complicates character a lot too. That he's able to like take this weakness and make it look like a strength. Yeah, um, is. It, very much in tune with uh, you know kind of the lower class ethos of my tough upbringing is going to make me harder is going to yeah. make me more able to
0: win and it's revealed to be so fake immediately right because yeah. the yeah. tug just like beats the crap out of him right. he can't do anything he's right. so powerless against he's a cripple tug. yeah yeah he calls him a cripple he is a cripple yeah And
3: yeah, yeah. so I mean that that character gets uh, he he gets a lot out of a small role that actor does um, or a smaller role uh, he also is way older.
0: Than, oh, yeah. <laughs> than a high schooler, right? That dude's I like mean, thirty. They all, guys, they say that they all kind in, of are. they yeah. say that in the in the in the movie though. that yeah. the, the pin is some older kid, right? Right. right. Um, so I,
3: I don't know if they mean he's a senior or he graduated a while ago and hangs around high school. But he still. is actually like yeah. he's five years older
0: than both Nora and uh, Justin Gordon Levitt. Yeah. So right. yeah, who look very young in this movie? Then are how old is? Just they're both born in eighty one, I think. Okay, so, and this is two thousand five, so. so they're thirty five. Okay, and they—I mean, he
3: grows his hair out and stuff, so they age him down a lot. But they
0: look really young yeah. in this movie. I, that was one thing that struck me is that I haven't seen this movie in about five years, and uh-huh. watching it this time, I was like, everybody looks really young in this child. movie. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> it was pretty like this... Yeah, but I, I don't remember feeling that way when I watched it. Well, you know, five years ago, you were younger. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it goes to show, right, that you get this percent
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean i think he's drawing on joseph gordon levitt's recent history right when the film was made because yeah was, he played a child he played the kid for so long and
0: he would have been 24 when he made this when or 23 yeah so.
3: yeah so he, he was actually pretty young but he also it's like remember this guy playing a kid for so long that's years,
0: also three. like another teen movie trope there, where you get these yeah. people who are like late <laughs> yeah. 20s playing teenagers yeah it's like, why are all these people so good-looking Oh, because right. they're in their mid to late twenties. They're 20s. not children. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so,
3: um, how do? You, when was the last time we saw Looper? I saw
0: Looper in the theaters. You saw it? I saw it in the theaters. I haven't watched it since then. I remember liking it, but um right, sort I mean, of how, how Charles says these things about horror movies things with, <laughs> things with amputation. I really dislike. And oh, okay. A, Really that bad. That like, was amp- very disturbing. That was a very disturbing With Paul scene. Dano. I do not like stuff like Dano. that. So oh I, yeah. That scene was fucked up. I, yeah, I don't really think gross. I'll watch Looper again uh because of that. But I do uh-huh. like the the general movie around it. Yeah, yeah. M- yeah me too. And I, yeah. I, I like that it's you can see
3: the maturation of Ryan Johnson between these two those two films, right? Like, yeah, right. Because the, 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 I, I like this movie a lot, but he's. It feels like he's more playing with a fun idea than he is really driving home a thematic point. And I think there are thematics here that are important, but it's not like really guiding the movie and it doesn't have a strong through line as yeah. something like Looper, where the what he's mm-hmm. saying in Looper is really clear, right? Like it's this really clear anti-violence It's an apocalyptic message. movie. It's an apocalyptic movie, but okay. it's it it's not just that. Like it's this anti-violence, anti-war movie that he finds within this this world. And I think this movie has a little bit of that kind of thematic through line, but it's not as powerful
0: this as it was Looper. This movie doesn't take itself as seriously either. Like, there's a, there's a bit of jokiness to what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The vice principal scene mm-hmm. is important yeah. to that. <laughs> that yeah, that, uh, that one's the closest. just a straight comedy, right? Well, yeah, but this stuff with the pan and his mother. Yeah, and, and yeah. Oh, you're right. Too. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of, like, little jokes in this film, and Looper does not joke nope. around. No, nope. the, the only, like semi-funny part is that he like loses his hair and becomes bruce willis because it's yeah. like oh he is bruce willis <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: oh no <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah but what a horrible fade. yeah the seriousness of <laughs> looper is not not in brick I think. yeah, yeah.
3: And, and i mean that's not really what uh, you're right uh-huh. uh, i agree but that, that's not really what i mean by maturation i i'm referring to the confidence of his filmmaking right and this is a confident film like it takes a lot of to make this and make this your first movie, something so weird and out there, but it feels like he's more confident in Looper in terms of what he is trying to say about the stuff he's talking about. Whereas yeah. here it's just kind of like having a good time with these weird ideas. Um, so you think
2: he more like started out with this concept and just decided to execute it rather than starting out with like a concept plus a message? Right,
3: yeah, like the thematic through line in, in Looper seems stronger. And it's it's so it's cool to see a director m- Make that kind of that kind of progress, right? Yeah. Which isn't to say, which not even a knock on this movie. Like, I don't mean it that way. Um, I just mean that it's uh, interesting. as kind of an origin story for Ryan Johnson.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think you know, Brick is like an execution of like a stylization. Yeah, that's and the way to put it. Looper is very clearly like an older man's movie. Right. Like, Looper is ostensibly about aging. It's, yeah, about that too. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. and that, Not that ostensibly, trans, like kind of explicitly. It is. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it totally is. Because again, he becomes right. It's like how do you and then kill your younger self? Right, right. right. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and
3: about the sacrifice that you need to make in order to break a cycle of
0: violence and like how that is something yeah, you have to and your take responsibility on like as an adult for the next generation. Right, yep. and, 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 and and these are these and are the, mature like, ideas. The selfishness of young people. Yep. Right, yeah. and, and like having to yeah.
3: get past that, and so the and and he communicates it so clearly like that's yeah that's where I see the maturation as a filmmaker is like is is him like really keeping that thought in mind throughout the movie um, whereas I don't really see it here which again is not a knock on the movie but um it's a, it's a quality of the movie I think it's, it's it's something going on
0: no I think you're right it's just yeah. like a less mature movie but interesting and in,
3: in yeah its own way. right and and the ideas that it's getting at are more about form than you well, it's references. It, it's like a, yeah. it's
0: references, right? It's yeah. like here, here are these things, and I know how to fit them together in this new and interesting, right, guy. right, uh, which is kind of like a very brash, like young artist statement, right? Yes, yeah, there's references point. to noir, the western, um, even. You know Uh, Cowboy Bebop, there's a reference to (laughs) like how he walks is how the animated main character in Cowboy Bebop walks. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Well, and he has him
3: wearing the same outfit the whole movie, right? Like, like a cartoon character. Well, and he's dressed like the main character in Cowboy Bebop.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and they talk the same way because Cowboy Bebop does the same thing. It has its own like little like future language. Yeah, a little. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's
3: clearer than the stuff going on here, but yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, Charles, you've seen Cowboy Bebop, right?
2: I actually have not. Oh, man. I need to get okay. around it at some There's an anime yeah.
3: that I've seen that you haven't
2: <laughs> I have not seen very much anime. Oh, so no? Okay. No. my anime range is very restricted.
3: Okay, well, um... I haven't either, but the Cowboy Bebop is wonderful. Yes, it helps <laughs> that it's clearly targeting Western audiences. Yeah. But I do like Cowboy Bebop, still.
0: Yeah. Um... Well, Charles, what do you think about this movie? Did you like it? Like, yeah. So, what's our verdict here? yeah,
2: I actually did not like this film very much. You said you oh, haven't no. talked to anyone who's disliked this no, film. I'm, so I I'm not I'm surprised first. Charles doesn't like <laughs> this movie. Not <laughs> at like, all. But <laughs> like, so it certainly doesn't help that I don't have that much direct exposure to actual noir films, rather than just like vague societal references to it. Um, so I couldn't fully appreciate the various references that were being made and the various tropes being subverted. But something about this movie just would not pull me in uh the the audio mixing, not letting me hear the lines too clearly didn't help uh I didn't feel like so like I can appreciate what the movie's trying to do, and I appreciate it more with all the discussion and thought since I watched it, but I just didn't feel like I liked the execution of it like the whole like hard boiled noir dialogue in this high school setting always just felt very strange and awkward to me it is um right it's not supposed to fit but like (laughs) i just didn't like that that was being done i guess i didn't like the concept um the cinematography like i could appreciate how things were placed on the screen and i could see how that is clean and like well done but like what was actually on the screen was so boring to me (laughs) <laughs> and I guess it might be made worse having grown up in a Californian suburb because like, I could identify with how boring a Safeway parking lot is, and the high school looked just like mine, so I had memories of how boring that was. Yeah, it's and a so very it SoCal just movie. Was very, I, I'm not from SoCal, but the NorCal suburb is very similar, Yeah, uh, just fewer palm trees, basically.
3: Yeah, also um, pretty similar. Yeah, and, That's you know,
2: point, right? yeah. <laughs> um, so... In a way it was very soul draining to see and like you know the color palette is so drab uh and i get that that's on purpose and all that but it further didn't draw me in um it just made it seem kind of dry um so there are these different aspects of it that i just feel like i couldn't get pulled into the movie i just couldn't feel like i was very invested in the characters or what was happening to them um, because of these different dissonances that were you know keeping me you know, a distance away
3: from the movie. Um, So does this make you nervous for the next Star Wars movie?
2: No. No? (laughs) No, I
3: I still liked Looper. Okay. I liked
2: some of the different aspects, different things that were done in this movie. There were a few, like, clever cuts that I enjoyed. Watch so um, some Godard then, those all those, two, yeah.
3: those clever cuts are all straight out of Godard, all straight out of Breathless. Yeah, but the installation. Okay, yeah, of, yeah <laughs> Godard those, are, those also I like those
2: two humorous scenes that we mentioned with the vice principal and with uh, the pin's mother. I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, um, but yeah, for some reason just. Did not feel drawn in by the rest of it, unfortunately. Bummer.
3: I'm not shocked. Oh, I, I guess, <laughs> I, I don't know, because like, I'd only met people that liked this movie, so I guess I'm a little shocked, but I'm already <laughs> demonstrably poor at predicting what you'll like. So, yeah, like, I
0: wonder if we did this out of order, if we should have done like a real. Should have done like Big noir. Sleep first or Chinatown or something. Chinatown's hard to the yeah. yeah, so maybe not Chinatown, it, but like. Showing it to um, college students, and they were just like, what is this really? movie? It has Jack
3: Nicholson <laughs> in it.
0: Yeah, but it's slow and desolate. I mean, and It's about like water rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like no, Quantum of Solace. Yeah. The best James Bond movie. It's exactly like no, Quantum <laughs> of Solace. <laughs> for, for another episode. though. Right. Like, Wilson, what well, what do you want to do next week?
3: I'm glad we brought up Wes Anderson because uh, we've been going round and round on what Wes Anderson movie to do. We've thought about it a lot. We're going to do Royal Bombs*. Huh. I feel like that's okay. his most quintessential... I, but fuck it. I think you'll like it. Let's, let's see if All I'm right, right about that. We shall that. see. We shall see. But You're think, on a losing streak. Right I'm on now, it. Right? Yes, right? I, am, I am on cool. a losing streak. Um, but we'll see if you do. I think that you'll see some Kubrick in it. I think you might mm-hmm. see some of this movie in it, but uh, more Kubrick influences, especially in the framing. Um, so Royal Bombs it is. All
1: right.
0: Looking forward
3: to it. Me too. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Next week. Bye.